Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. Well, good morning. <laughs> you know, now when you first heard this morning's gospel, you may be expecting another sermon on stewardship. And while my name is also John, I can assure you that as the guest seminarian, I have no intention of talking to you about your money. Nevertheless, maybe just by mentioning it, I've done my duty. What do you think? So some of you may know I have three young daughters, ages eight, six, and four. And one of the things my wife Kelly has done since they've been young children is on the first day of school, she takes a picture of them with a chalkboard that says the, year, the grade they're in, who their teacher is, their favorite book, and what they want to be when they grow up. Well, wouldn't you know it, when I started going back to school last year, she decided she would do the same thing for me. <laughs> Except she doesn't put what I want to be when I grow up, thankfully. But she does, on that board, is something that says my wish for the year. This year, I wrote to see God. So my question to you this morning as we go through this gospel is how might it show us to see God? Or rather, how can we see God? Mark's gospel was intended to be shared orally or performed. So he carefully sets up scenes to reveal the character of Jesus. And in his interactions with those characters is where we find out who Jesus is. And so throughout the gospel, there's a leveling where those who are in power or that represent empire are lowered, and those who come from the margins are lifted. This passage today comes at the end of a series of interactions where Jesus is speaking to the people in power in the temple, such as the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and the scribes. And you may be thinking that all of these were negative. However, one of the scribes induces Jesus to give us the great commandment. Love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The scribe that Jesus is speaking to recognizes his teaching, which is rare, and notes that loving one's neighbor is more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. So Jesus honors him by telling him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Loving your neighbor gets you close to the kingdom of God of God. Nevertheless, when we get to our passage, the scribes come back into Jesus' focus, and not in a good way. Jesus chides the scribes who walk around in long robes, are greeted in the marketplaces, have the best seats in the places of honor. The scribes, who were specialists in the Torah, were oftentimes the most proficient in reading and writing, and so they would usually execute the contracts, and so they exhibit this position of power. And throughout Mark's gospel, the author makes a point to call out those who try to exhibit faith, but are only in it for personal gain. This idea of personal gain is highlighted when Jesus talks about the scribes devouring widows' houses. The reference here is to scribes that place themselves over trustees over the widows' estates. While their appearance in the marketplace in the synagogue gave this impression of honor, 
The reality is Jesus is accusing some of them of using their power to steal money from the widows. And in the Torah, widows are given special attention. They don't have any power. And so it's the role of the community to support them. So these actions by the scribes are grievous. Therefore, Jesus' command of condemnation is fitting. Now, let me be clear. As the son of a lawyer, I am not suggesting that all lawyers should be condemned. Moreover, I don't want to portray all scribes as bad. Remember, it wasn't long ago that Jesus was telling a scribe he was getting close to the kingdom of God. So what Mark is doing here is highlighting the animosity between Jesus and the people in power, oftentimes the people that Jesus was closest with, as a way of setting up the scene for the passion narrative, which comes just after this. It begins shortly after the scene. And we need to keep in mind that conversations and arguments between Judeans concerning Torah were common. And the purpose of these arguments was to discern how Torah should be applied to daily life. We do the same thing today in our Christian faith. That's why we have so many denominations. And you know, these teachings of Jesus are hard. They can be applied in many different ways. It's one of the reasons why I'm going to seminary for three years. And I have to take general ordination exams to become a priest. I can tell you it's not easy. But thankfully, Jesus has given us the commandment to love your neighbor as yourself as a way to critique our behavior. Just as Jesus is criticizing the scribe who isn't loving the widow, we have to ask ourselves if we are loving our neighbor when we talk about people experiencing homelessness or refugees or immigrants. When we approach these conversations through a lens of love, Jesus tells us we are getting closer to the kingdom of God. But more than often, it seems our society approaches people who are struggling through the eye of the law only. Continuing the message of loving your neighbor, Mark gives an example of how Jesus exhibits this kind of love in the introduction of the widow. So let's set up the scene. We're told Jesus takes a seat opposite the treasury. We're in the temple. You have scribes in their long robes speaking so everyone can hear them. The Sadducees and the Pharisees and the chief priests are all in their gear, standing in their appropriate places. And today everyone is bringing their offering. The way they would do this in the temple at that time was by setting up 13 trumpet-shaped chests in the temple. Each labeled with a different purpose, such as yearly taxes, bird offerings, helping the poor. And so you can imagine the people who wanted to be seen walked up to these chests and they would drop their coin offering and the more coins they dropped, the louder it would be. There's a lot of posturing going on. It's kind of hectic. There's a lot of activity. Now we're told a poor widow comes into the temple. We don't know where she comes from. We're not given her name. But you can imagine her quietly walking in and nobody notices her. She doesn't represent any position of power. And those who are focused on their politics don't see her. 
They don't value her. Visualize her weaving through all the people and the the hecticness that's going on in the temple and quietly walking up to one of these offering chests and dropping two small coins. It doesn't make any noise. You can imagine just as quickly as she came, she sneaks out without anybody noticing her. But Jesus sees her. Jesus knows her. He knows that she is put in more than anyone else. She is close to the kingdom of God. One of my favorite things about Mark's gospel is every time we read it, we can see ourselves in different places. I'm sure some of us can think of times when we relate to the widow, when we are giving everything we have. Those difficult moments when all we can do is have radical faith that God is going to hear our prayer. And this passage shows us that Jesus sees us and hears our prayer. But there are also times when we approach the table from a position of abundance, when we're asked to be the ones that support the marginalized, to love our neighbor. And one of the things I've learned in the last month from this community during the testimonies is how you've supported each other when maybe you connected more with the widow. But also in times of abundance, you supported the needs of others in this community. In both cases, Jesus tells us we are getting closer to the kingdom of God. When we love our neighbor as ourselves, we get closer to the kingdom of God. So in the beginning, I asked you, how might we see God in this passage? But my prayer when we leave here today and go about our daily lives is maybe you will see God too. Amen.